Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt. I am your host, as always, drinking my nice, ice-cold, well, okay, probably more like lukewarm beer, because someone was slacking again, Mr. Mike Talent. Hey, man, sometimes the talent's busy. I know, you are a busy guy. You know, you are the talent. So, anyways, Mike, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, You know, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, it is a cold, wintry day here in uh, P-Town. It is getting ready to snow. They are predicting between 6 and 10 inches. So, that'll be exciting, going to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah, 6 and 10 inches, man. Is that what she said? That is definitely what she said. It's at least six to ten inches long. I mean, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so, Matt, uh, what are you drinking? You, you already you said. You don't huh? even. You don't even. No, I didn't say shit. I just said I was drinking a beer. But ah. you didn't even have like a good segue. Come on, Mike. If you're gonna take on this section, you gotta make it. You gotta have a better segue than what are you drinking? Come on. All right. Um, remember you are the talent. Oh, okay. So, so if you went outside right now, your beer would freeze. So what are you drinking? (sighs) Dude, I definitely (laughs) could leave my beer outside and it would stay the same temperature. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I, I don't, I blew it. I blew it. You know, talent, you'll have to work on it. You'll have to work on it. You'll get there. But uh, you need to work on it a little bit there, sir. All right. So on Friday night? No, it wasn't Friday night. Shit, I don't remember. Sometime last week, Mr. Mile High Show called me up when I was getting ready to leave work. And he said, hey, what are you doing? I'm downtown. I want to go get some dinner. I was like, okay, sounds like a good plan. So we went over to one of my favorite spots um in town which uh next time you are over here in the west coast uh mr talent i'm gonna take you there it's the uh park plaza liquor deli oh liquor deli sounds good oh yeah dude i love that place man especially on sundays sundays it's 50 percent off draft beers oh it's the best but anyways um while i was there i was like you know what I need to get something a little different because I know Mike keeps coming up with all these crazy ass freaking IPAs. So I need to get a beer that is not Miller High Life and that it is not Kilt Lifter. And so I picked up a beer that just caught my eye. I looked for a while trying to find something cool, something that I don't think you've ever seen, but I bet you probably have seen it because you're an alcoholic. I mean, you uh, like to drink beer. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a craft beer nerd, to say the least. So, uh, Mike, have you ever heard of the Twenty First Amendment Brewery? I have. All right. Well, I picked up one of their beers. Uh, the Twenty First Amendment Brewery is based out of uh, San Francisco, California, and this beer just the can caught me. Uh, the beer is known as El Sully. And what I love about it is on the bottom of it, it says Echo in America. 
It is. It is a. That's Mex- really funny. Yeah, it is. It's hilarious. It's a Mexican style lager that is brewed by an American brewery in San Francisco. <laughs> and nice. It's not bad. It's kind of like. It's not like a. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a dark beer. It's not like. It's not as light as like a Dos Equis or a Corona. It's a little harder than that. It's a, not harder. It's a little darker than that. It actually has some flavor and stuff to it. I kind of like it. It's not bad. It's not um, knock your socks off, but uh, I, I definitely recommend it. I like it. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good. Uh, I would say middle of the road beer. It's good for, you know, probably a warmer day. Uh, not quite as good for a really cold day, but I, I, I like it. I think it's good. So that's what I'm drinking is I am drinking an El Soli. Nice, nice. Mexican style lager. They make so. another beer called uh, Hell or High Watermelon, which is a great uh, like summer beer. So keep keeping your eye out for that, dude. I was looking at their uh, what's uh, beeradvocate.com, and they make ninety three different beers, and like their most reviewed and uh, purchased, I would assume, beer is of course a crazy ass IPA. Oh yeah. Let's see. Let me see if I can find it here. I'm trying to remember what their their mainstays are. Uh, they have they carry a few of their beers over over here, and um, I've only seen a few though. We, we you're likely going to get more of a variety of them than than over oh, here on the yeah. east coast. Just being over here in the west, yeah. But uh, their most reviewed is Brew Free or Die IPA. Hmm. Yep, that's available here. I think that's their staple IPA, so like their their mainstay, their yeah. normal normal IPA. And it has like 4000 reviews. Like their next one only has like 2500. So clearly that's like the beer that everybody drinks. Yeah, so, well, well, uh, you know, IPAs are hot, man. Everybody drinks them. Not normal people like me. Come on, man. More bitter the better. <laughs> Whatever. I want an I- IBUs of 1,000. Whatever. For the that's novice gross. listeners, that's uh, international bitter units. That's uh, how they measure the bitterness of beer. Gross. Anyways. All right, Mike. So what IPA are you drinking today? So uh, I am drinking one that I still have a couple cans kicking around of uh, uh, Drama Juice. Uh, it's by Epic Brewing, and it's a New England IPA, which are nice and juicy. It's the it's the one of the new hotnesses for IPAs. Also, uh, like a brute IPA, so it has like some of a, a champagne taste to it. Is also in right now. We'll see what the new trends. It's a new year, so it'll probably be a, a whole bunch of new trends. I don't know, man. Juiciness, it just it doesn't work for me. I don't know. IPAs don't work for me at all either. So, okay, all right, that's fine. It's just, ugh. whatever. So, so Matt, what what was your gangster name? What did, what do we determine a couple weeks ago? Uh, what was that? Um, your what, Senor Mateo? What what is your gangster name? I don't know. It was something dumb. It didn't work. I tried to, you know, and then I was thinking about it after we were done recording. I was like, you know, I should have gone with the one that I've had way back. I think it was maybe high school where it was uh maniac matt that that one was okay 
Okay. All right. Maniac Matt. All right. So, uh, Maniac Matt, what are we reviewing uh, today? Well, thanks for asking, Mike. So you don't even say that anymore either. God, you're no fun. Are you still there? Did you just yeah, hang yeah. up? Yeah, no, no, oh, okay. no, dude. Right. I'm still I'm here. Just, I, th- I was waiting for you. I was you're waiting. not gonna defend no, yourself no. for being no fun. No, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna let it roll, man. I was just gonna <laughs> let it roll. So <laughs> the shit rolling downhill, huh? Yeah. Well, when I don't have anything, I'm just quiet. <laughs> so. All right, so Mike, here you go. I do not stand by in the presence of evil. That is a quote from our latest film that we went and saw on Thursday. Well, I went and saw it on Thursday. I don't know when the hell you saw it. I saw it on Thursday because I was smart and didn't go to the 7 o'clock. I went to the uh, 9.20, 9.50 on Valentine's Day by myself. Was there anybody in there? Yes, there was. It was all couples, and they were all making out, and they were making out so loud. Really? I was like, I'm trying to watch a movie here, damn it. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Anyways, you would think, you know, you go to a hardcore action movie like Alita Battle Angel, and you wouldn't be making out. You'd be paying attention to the movie, but whatever. To each their own. Um, I did cry halfway through the movie, you know. But that wasn't because of the movie. That was just because I was alone. You know, it is what it is. Oh, oh! So your international uh, singles awareness day was uh, ruined by all the uh, face hugging going on. Face hugging, I yeah, guess. Dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, making out, whatever. Yeah, like face hugging, right? No, I think it's a little dirtier than face hugging. Oh, oh. But okay. hey, whatever. You know, to each their own. All right, so Mike, let's get this ball rolling. Go ahead, give us the rundown of Alita, Battle Angel. All right. Uh, So this movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, The writers are uh, James Cameron, Lita Kilgridis. I'm sure I messed that up. Uh, Robert Rodriguez and uh, Yokito Kirsho. I'm sure I messed that up, too. No, I'm sure you nailed that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's starring uh, Rosa Salazar, Christopher Waltz, Jennifer Conley, Mahershala Ali, Ed Skirn. And um, this the summary of this movie is Alita is a creation from an age of disrepair found by the mysterious Dr. Ido. While trolling for cyborg parts, Alita becomes a lethal, dangerous being. She cannot remember who she is or where she came from, but to Dr. Ido, the truth is all too clear. She is the one being who can break the cycle of death and destruction left behind by the Tyfears. fears. But to accomplish her true purpose, she must fight and kill. And that is where Alita's true significance comes to bear. She is an angel from heaven. She is an angel of death. Damn, dude, that was a hell of a description. That's not the one I see. Well, there's another one, but it was really short. It was like, a deactivated female cyborg is revived, but cannot remember anything of her past life, and goes on a quest to find out who she is. Yeah, that's the one I see. It, it's literally like a sentence. But anyways, no, that was that was a good description. It was much better. 
So, uh, Mike, I will go ahead and start with you since you are not a hardcore nerd like me, other than when it comes to IPAs. Uh, what did you think of Alita Battle Angel? Um, so I, I like this movie. Uh, it's a pretty good story. Um, it was a little bit fast on some of the romance stuff, but I think it's because the movie can only be so long. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, like I like the fighting. The fighting was cool. The visuals were pretty cool. The Alita character herself, which is uh, entirely CGI, sometimes was a little distracting. But all the like other what they call cyborgs in the movie with all the robots and like uh, human faces and stuff were awesome. I don't know. It looks like uh, I, I stayed for the credits to see if there's anybody recognized for special effects. And Weta was involved, uh, the guys from uh, New Zealand who uh, helped make Lord of the Rings special effects what they what they were. And they've done many other things. But, uh, yeah, there was that stuff was really cool. I thought all the robot stuff was cool. And, the, like, the background visuals of this, um, what did they call it, the um, Metal City? Or was that what it was called? Iron the, City. Iron City, Iron City, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I liked the movie. Um, yeah. Now, what I've been telling people, because I'm getting a lot of questions from the two people I know. Oh man, sweet! So that's like half of our listeners. Yeah, it is. It's pretty close. Um, should I go see this movie? Was this movie good? And I say. Depends because the critics seem to be either they hate this movie or they love this movie. And after watching it, I can understand why some of the critics hate it and why some of the critics love it. This is a full on hardcore nerd action anime manga movie. And if you're not into the, that kind of stuff, you're just flat out not going to like it. You're just not. There's no way to dress it up. And make everyone love it. And so I say if you are into that kind of stuff, if you're into action, if you are into the anime and manga and not even like a lot, just a little bit. If you even have ever sat down and watched an anime and you enjoyed it, you will enjoy Alita Battle Angel because it is fantastic. I really, really, really liked it. Um, I took a whole class when I was in college on anime and manga. I'm not a super huge fan of the mediums, but I have read a handful of mangas in my day. I have watched a handful of animes that I've really enjoyed. After seeing Alita, I really would like to read the manga. I have not read the manga. People that I've talked to or listened or read reviews on that have read the manga say this is like one of the closest live action movies ever made to the feeling and story of the actual manga itself. And so that really makes me want to sit down and read it and compare it to the movie. I might wait because clearly there are at least one single coming, not single sequel coming possibly two. We'll see. Um, according to, I think the Wikipedia page for the manga, this movie is a combination of the first two volumes. The majority of the first volume of the manga is just the world building. 
and the building of Alita and her coming into prominence. The um, other thing is the uh, motorball, which uh, you see that in the trailer. So I'm not spoiling anything on that. But the second volume of the manga mostly deals with the motorball and it coming out and things like that. So that's possibly why one reason this movie feels kind of rushed is it was the combination of two very big <laughs> source materials. Yeah, Matt, um, for the listeners that might not be familiar, what is a manga? Like, what what is that? Manga is basically Japanese comic books, except for it's a hell of a lot more accepted than comic books are in the United States. Yeah, and isn't there, like, different kind of groupings of how... Yes. Like, like, um, I don't even know how, like, kind of like a rating system almost for them. Categories is a good way to put it. Categories, yeah. Um, the easiest way to describe it compared to the units, the US comic system, I guess you would say, is there are comic books that are out there for kids, there are comic books out there for teens and young adults, and there are comic books that are out there for adults like hardcore 18 plus comic books manga is like that now when i was studying manga and anime when i was in college this was before the birth of the smartphone in japan it was commonplace to see people walking down the streets in subways on taxis in buses of all ages sitting there reading manga. That's what they did. Instead of reading a newspaper, they'd be reading a manga. And everyone, kids, adults, grandpa, grandma, everybody, because the gamut for manga is so huge and everybody accepts it. And they walk around with their little manga book in their you know pocket and everything. And Oh, okay. They so love it. That, that, that's cool. Yeah, that's neat. So um, some of the manga, like I said, is kid-based. Some of it is teenage young adult, and some of it is adult, and some of it is super adult. Um, they do have pornographic manga out there, and lots of it. Um, you don't really see... I don't think you would see many people walking up and down the streets with those. But I think... I don't... Again, I haven't read Alita. I think Alita would probably fall into the young adult, if not... 18 plus because I think it's quite violent, but a lot of manga is quite violent. So I don't know. Um, and it's not unheard of for manga to be printed on newsprint and to not have color whatsoever. Just be black and white. Oh, okay. Just to save on cost, you think and stuff? No, maybe uh, because they do mass produce the hell out of it versus comic books. Like comic books, they only produce so many and, they're really high grade produced and they're a little bit more expensive and stuff where manga it's mass produced almost like a newspaper, you know, and they'll keep producing it year after year after year after year if it's hot enough. But anyways, so the manga this is based on is battle angel Alita, not Alita battle angel. Ah, okay. It is a Japanese cyberpunk manga as they call it. Created by Yukito Kaishiro, originally published in, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, Shuisha's Business Jump magazine from 1990 to 1995. It was such a big hit in the magazine in 1990 that they turned the volumes into a standalone manga. 
Oh, okay. And there have been nine volumes. Nice. Lots of source material. So, yes. And um, for those of you who do not know, James Cameron has owned the film rights of Battle Angel Alita for years. He was sitting on them waiting to make this movie because he was waiting for the technology to catch up. I believe he's had the rights to Battle Angel Alita since before Avatar. Wow. Yeah. But he, um, he wanted to wait. He wanted to wait because he wanted to do it justice. That's awesome. And what was it? Um, one of his shows that he produced that he wrote, I think, maybe. Uh, yes. Um, the TV series Dark Angel was heavily influenced by the Battle Angel Alita manga. Oh. And now, okay. here's a really fun one on trivia again. Guess who introduced James Cameron to the manga of Alita Battle Angel or Battle Angel Alita? You know, Mike? Uh, no, I do not. Guillermo del Toro. Oh. How crazy is that, right? That is crazy. Anyways, enough about the trivia stuff. Um, I thought I'd just put all that out there, but I... I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was great. I, like I said, I'm not a crazy super fan of manga and anime. I do enjoy it. And I, you know, if you like comic books, if you like action, I definitely think people should go see it. So anyways, the big plot hole or not plot hole, but one of the issues I had with the film, and I think you alluded it to it earlier is the love interest. I really hated it. I thought it was rushed. I thought it was bad. It really just kind of pissed me off. Yeah, that 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 was the the probably the biggest um disappointment for me in the story because uh most of the story is pretty cool like, you know, it's, it's somebody figuring out what what their kind of role is and having some kind of strange flashbacks here and there, but it's almost of a coming of age story. You know? Yeah, yeah, but the love story was just like, really? Yeah, and it was extremely <laughs> rushed, like you were saying. I mean, it, yeah, it was bad. I could have done without that. I really could have. Uh, yeah, like it could have just had like the sexual tension and not been this. I, you know, like I think. Well, uh, now I haven't read the original Magna Magna, uh, but I don't manga. Uh, manga. Oh, sorry, manga. It's cool, um, man. You'll get there. Yeah, but uh, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like it was rushed, and like, and it might have been when, like you were saying, they they combined a couple volumes, and maybe they shouldn't have. Right, I don't know. right. I think I, I personally, again, I haven't read the manga myself. I will like, I probably will in the future, or at least some of it. But that is one thing that I would have liked them to uh, expand on without getting into spoilers was the motorball definitely felt rushed as well. And I thought that was probably one of the most action-packed, visually stunning scenes of the whole movie. Um, yeah, that was one of the the more um, visually stunning scenes. Uh, I really like the bar scene. Oh, yeah. But, that was but, really uh, cool, too. 
but but uh yeah you're you're right that was a that was a very action-packed uh moment in the in the movie and and yeah that that was also not really explained super well like uh, little mentions here and there so there was some stuff that was just a little rushed but uh, this was still fun like it's a pretty good movie um well okay mike so before getting into spoilers because we're both kind of itching um would you recommend people to go see this movie uh yes if you like action um and you've you've enjoyed some of the comic book movies and things yeah go see this i think you'll like it i agree i think this is one that if you can afford to see it in imax or on a really big screen really pretty or you even have one i definitely think you would really enjoy it this i think would be worth it now one question i have is i almost kind of want to go see it in 3d because i've heard it's just incredible in 3d i've only ever seen one movie in 3d and i won't lie i was kind of disappointed and it was the first one that they pushed down everybody's throat to go see it in 3d also done by mr james cameron was avatar ah dances with wolves with blue people dancing with smurfs yep yeah oh dancing with smurfs yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's even better that's the only movie in the modern era i guess of 3d that i've seen I guess you would say modern era of 3D. Yeah. So I kind of interest. I like I said, I'm kind of interested to see this one in 3D, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, there's so many other movies out there in this world that I should be spending my time on watching instead of seeing this again. But I, I wouldn't hate watching this movie again. I probably would enjoy it because I really did like it. I thought it was great. I think you should go see it if you're into the comic book stuff. You're into the summer blockbuster popcorn flicks. I think this is a popcorn flick in February. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. It, it would probably have been released in April, but, um, you know, with all the stuff uh, like Marvel, what, what Captain Marvel comes out in March, and then there's uh, this Infinity War, or no, not Infinity War. Avengers, uh, Endgame. Avengers Endgame yeah. is coming out. Infinity well, War Part 2. I, I don't and, know if you know this, Mike, but Alita was supposed to originally be released, I think, last summer, but it got pushed back. Really? To December. And then in December, everybody saw all the movies that were coming out in December, like uh, Aquaman and all the other big popcorn flicks, and they decided to push it back even farther just based on all the big movies that were coming out in December. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it makes a little bit more sense when you think of it that way, that it was going to be a summer blockbuster popcorn flick. But remember, December, we got Bumblebee and Aquaman. I'm trying to think what other big action films we got in December. Anyways, there was a, there was more than one, is what I'm saying. And they did not want to compete against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, speaking of giant summer blockbuster films, Michael... How does Alita Battle Angel relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Ah, well, thanks for asking, Matt. Um, This one wasn't too hard for me to find, and I just went with the first person I found, which was uh, Jennifer Connelly. It was also in Spider-Man Homecoming as Karen slash Suit Lady. 
Man, dude, Jennifer Connelly is smoking hot too, even in this movie. Oh yeah, she she has kind of a scantily clad um, part in this movie. Oh and yeah, I was like, hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good, man. She's looking pretty damn good for almost being fifty. She really is. Dang, she's almost fifty. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it either. We're getting old. Yeah, I was just thinking about when she was on uh, that that the her first starring role in um, that fantasy movie with like David Bowie music. Oh, hold on, Matt. Now you got me. Do, 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 yeah, yeah. Do, go, go, go ahead and yeah. Do, Dis- distract him. Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. No, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Oh, wasn't David Bowie Bowie even in that movie? Yeah, yeah, 1986. Yeah, all right, all right. When you just said David Bowie music, I was like, what? His music's in, like, a lot of shit. Anyways, all right, well, Mike, we are now to our spoiler section of said podcast. Actually, we probably should be at the end of our podcast, but we'll do a little bit of a spoiler section here. Yeah. So if you don't want to lead a battle, Angel, spoiled, go ahead and turn this sucker off. All right, there's your warning, folks. Mike, go for it. Spoil it. All right, Matt. So what did you think about, um, I don't know, uh, Mahershala Ali's character? I felt like he wasn't used very much. God, dude, such a waste of a good actor. <laughs> you know, it was a great character, but it was a waste of a freaking actor. You know, it really was. He uh, he was just stone cold, dead face through like the entire freaking thing. Just emotionless. I thought originally, especially... Um, Towards the beginning, when uh, Nova, the big bad that's behind the scenes kind of guy, almost like your Emperor Palpatine kind of guy, takes over Mahershala Ali and starts speaking through him, I was like, oh, so Mahershala Ali's character is a cyborg, so that's why he has no emotion and he's so bland. I understand now. And then he gets killed, so clearly he's not. I know, man. It was... It was... uh, It was... For me, I was like, this, why, why, why? Like, because yeah. for the most part, he's just a puppeteer, kind of, for this weird dude that somehow can take over people. So I don't even want to wonder how that happens. But, um, yeah. And, like, this, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Elysium. Where uh, oh, yeah, people are trying to, sure. to 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 yep. rise to the the top, and everyone keeps promising everybody, but then like some people at the top are like, you know, that can't happen, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah, it was weird. They'll man. promise whatever the hell you want, and then we'll just kill you when we get what we want. You know, yeah, it totally it it totally was Elysium crossed with um oh hell. What was that one movie that had it wasn't Motorball, it was was it Murderball? You remember Murderball, yeah, 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 with uh is Arnold that, Schwarzenegger. Is that the, the name the, of the movie too? Was Murderball? Well there was there was a are, are you talking about the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger where it was like the um the characters were like convicts and then they were getting killed like on live TV? Dude, no. All right. I don't think so. No, there's one that's like, uh, I don't remember. 
It might have been Convicts. I don't remember. It's an older movie. It was probably like early 90s or something. But it, it's very reminiscent of the motor ball in this where, you know, it's people doing it for entertainment on TV and people, you know, anyways. It was like a combination of Elysium with that. And then with like elements, I don't know. It's it's a lot of different things put together to make this movie, you know, with the cyborgs and the fantasy and the war. And yeah, it's really complex. In my opinion, it's really complex. Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot going on and they, they try to explain stuff without like saying it straight to you, which is good. Like, I don't like when there's like exposition too much, but there was some stuff where they kind of had to do something to tell you kind of, some stuff so the 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 one subplot that i would have liked to know a little bit more about was this alien war but yeah it sounded like yep. not a lot of people knew anyway because like the history was erased or or at least it was kept from them so yeah cuz clearly that's what it was it the cyborgs in this war i'm not sure if they were aliens or what they really didn't explain much into that but basically there was multiple cities like the city that's in here where and there was like nine or ten of them, and all of them got taken down in one night. And the only one that still exists is the one that's in Alita Battle Angel. And everybody's trying to get up to it, but and everyone that's left in the world is all on the base of it trying to get up there because all the other cities, no one, you know, can live there anymore or something. I don't know. It's really Armageddon E Wasteland World kind of thing outside of Iron City. And anyways. There's a lot, a lot going on to try and figure out in this freaking movie. <laughs> no, for sure, man. For sure. Like, uh, there's a lot going on. But, like, as long as you just go with it, for the most part, it, it makes sense and stuff. The, the, the biggest glaring thing to me, like I've already said, um, was the, the romance. Yeah, was just it was just really like unbelievable. Well, and especially since the romance is between a normal human and the cyborg. Like, that doesn't help it at all. And then on top of it, they rush the damn thing. You know, they go from like one scene being, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so, to like two scenes later to where they're boyfriend and girlfriend. What, what movie, Matt, was it that we reviewed... Um last year that that was kind of like that as well where it had a really forced rush uh um love interest what was that i'm trying to think right now i don't know dude you're gonna make my brains hurt all right well ne- never mind if it comes to you just just but i remember there was another movie that we watched and it was like man a forced relationship with- really fast yeah. yeah 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 think about it we'll figure it out but i have to say um you talked about it earlier the bar scene I have to say that is probably one of my favorite sub plot points in the whole movie was the, uh, what were they called? Hunter killers. Yeah. 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 Hunter killers. They're, so they're basically like bounty the... hunters. Yeah. Yeah. But they kill people. So like they kill people and cyborgs and all that other stuff because, um, there's no law enforcement and there's no real government. The only thing that really exists are these factories that feed, the uh, floating city, which I fi- forgot what its name is. And oh, it's something weird, like Z- yeah, Zelmer's something Z. Yeah, it's something really weird. 
Anyways, so these factories are the ones that have that hire hunter killers to collect on bounties of people that have kind of wronged the factory or that killed people or stolen from them or whatever. And so they put out bounties. The hunter killers go take the bounty and go and try and collect on it. And the hunter killers were freaking awesome, dude. They were really good. I really liked them. You know, a lot of them were cyborgs. Some of them were half cyborg, half human. Yeah, Uh, they were really cool. And how they did it was really neat. And how they did the cyborgs and like the different looks and things on the cyborgs and their different abilities or ways that they fought. Like one of the dudes had a pack of cybernetic dogs that he let loose. I thought that was just yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, I think the other forced movie uh, that didn't need to have the love story was The Meg. Was it the love story between the... Uh between the shark uh, and Jason the water. Statham's yeah. character and that other, the other <laughs> yeah, uh, starring lead, leading, yeah, yeah, episode thirty-eight for anyone who cares. Yeah, dude, that was that was that was bad. That was rushed too. Yeah, but anyways, I just those hunter killers, man. That shit was just really cool, really neat. Yeah, I I really thought the special effects for all of the like. People like, like, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess the cyborgs, dude, uh, well, but, were really well done, like, really cool. Like, it looked real. Yeah. Like, I don't know oh, how yeah. the heck they did that. It looked really, really good. And, like, I was saying, they all kind of were unique too in their own way. Even uh, Christoph Waltz character, uh, Dr. Ito, he was a hunter killer. Spoiler alert again, he was a hunter killer in his own right to earn money to keep his business going and the weapon that he had was freaking awesome <laughs> yeah. it was really cool i really it liked like it like a jet engine attached to it to tear tear things apart it was cool yeah he yeah. had like this giant hammer with like a jet engine that would make it speed up and slam into whatever the hell he was hitting with the hammer i mean that was that was it's totally anime dude totally anime manga and they there's they're not on a they're unabashful the whole time. It's just, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, that was cool. Um, the fight scene with the 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 really big dude who had the like, um, he would launch the the chains oh, from his fingers yeah. or whatever, yeah. like the blades. That was really neat. Like, I thought that stuff was pretty cool. It's kind of matrixy, but it was still fun. It was it was cool. Like, it was well done. Yeah, scenes. it had that bullet time that the Matrix created. Yeah. Yeah. And then, holy shit, dude, really to spoil that scene, when he, he, like, you know, Alita fucks up just a little bit, and he not only, like, takes, like, her arm off, but literally, like, turns her into, like, shish kebab in, like, one attempt. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. Me neither, and I loved how she wouldn't give up fighting. No! Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> Dude, it reminded me of... I mean, this is going to sound stupid, but it reminded me of uh, Monty Python and the uh, <laughs> the guy who's like, merely a flesh wound. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> the Black Knight, yeah. yeah. It's totally that. That's so hilarious. Oh, my God. That's so funny, Mike. <laughs> oh, FYI, yeah. if you want to watch that, it's on Netflix. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, but the the the, yeah, the Black Knight that that scene's hilarious, and like I know this wasn't quite that, but like 
the spirit of her not giving up. That's what I'm trying to get across. Oh, dude, that's so funny. That is hilarious. So, all right. Well, we've been rambling on for way too long, Mike. The moral of the story is this is a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I highly suggest people go see it if they like these kinds of movies. If you don't, skip it, because you won't like it. This won't make you change your mind. It's not like, you know, Infinity War, where it's earth-shattering and everybody's going to love it. This is, it's particular for sure. So, all right, Mike, how many reels do you give Alita Battle Angel? Um, I'm going to give Alita Battle Angel uh, three and a half reels. Wow. Three and a half. Such a slacker. What are you giving it? I, uh, I, I Like I said, I, re- I recommend this movie, especially if you like comic book movies. This is kind of along that way, but I know it's the kind of Japanese version, but uh, I still, I think it was really well done. I know Robert Rodriguez and, and James Cameron put a lot of hard work into it, so, um, and it was, it was pretty good. So uh, I recommend seeing it. Especially in the theater, if you can, because it is pretty colorful and it's it's very it, it's good. The sounds good. Everything's good, dude. I loved it. I I think three and a half is being cheap, Mike. Cheap. Well, I almost went with four, Matt, but then I feel like you would have gone with four, and I don't like to be the same. Damn it, Mike! I am going with four. I it was almost a four and a half. I walked out of there thinking it was a four and a half, but that. Freaking love story, man. It's just too. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It's like, it's it's like four scenes. Like we're in love forever. I love you. Um, but you're a cyborg. How's? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it was bad. It was bad. That love story was just. I could have lived without it. And you know, I would have liked to have seen more of the uh, motorball too. And like, you know, they. They rush. Like, at the end, they rush. They're like, okay, this is, like, 20 matches later, and now Alita's this badass motorball player. Okay, why didn't we get to see any of her development into being this badass, you know? They just rushed it, like, at the end. Yeah, so I mean, even, even even her tryout, she, like, left to go save the the one guy, her, her love interest, and, like, did, did she make it? I guess so. They didn't even really... T- cover that like god yeah there's just yeah so that's why i dropped it from a four and a half down to a four so all right anywho so all right mike well you got anything else you want to add before we uh uh let our folks know what we're doing on thursday uh no no um hopefully everybody's enjoyed our uh poindexter awards uh episode i i know i had a lot of fun uh you know with that pod and i I think matt did too so dude uh, if you haven't listened to that go ahead and listen to that and thanks everyone for voting the handful of people that did vote for our listener movie of the year and podcast of the year and you know just all around thanks for listening i tried to make that as clear as day as i could in the show notes that you know it really does matter to us that you guys listen and interact and tell us when we suck and tell us when we're good and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It helps encourage us to keep doing this thing. Anyways, on Thursday, we are talking about another comic book movie, but this one is not in the movie theaters. 
This is a recent release on the old Netflix. Uh, Mike, this one was your pick. Uh, go ahead. Uh, let the folks know what we're talking about this Thursday. We're talking about the movie uh, Polar. Uh, and like Matt said, it's it's um, released on Netflix uh, just recently. And um, it's kind of a John Wick type story with, uh, you know, like a, a hitman and and he's coming towards retirement, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, pretty cool movie. Uh, it's a little rough around the edges, but uh, I can't wait to tell you more about it. So tune in on Thursday for that, and uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. Cool, man. Well, I, I'm looking forward to talking about that one because it is uh, very revengey, like John Wick, but it's also not. It's also its own thing and more like Alita Battle Angel, a combination of kind of different tropes, I guess you would say, all kind of merged together into one movie. So, yeah. Anywho, that'll be fun. So that's all I got, Mike. Go ahead. Let's end this sucker. All right. So uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, catch us on the next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.